0: As we just sang in that uh, beautiful hymn, Thine Arm, O Lord, in days of old, we we extolled the virtues of Jesus's healing powers. And certainly in today's scripture readings, that comes through uh, loud and clear. Even, of course, from before the time of Jesus, we have in the Old Testament reading today the story of Naaman, who was a great man, uh, respected, feared, admired, He had seemingly everything all uh, lined up in his life, and uh, he had all the things a person could want. He had power, he had prestige, I'm sure he had uh, plenty of food to eat, a house to live in, servants, you name it, he had it. But he was also beset by leprosy. And leprosy is uh, something that, you know, throughout Scripture we hear all these stories about healing, different types of healing. Someone was blind, someone was deaf. Someone had this, someone had that. The woman was stooped over for 18 years. But leprosy gets named, and that's worth noting because in scripture when a thing or a place or a person gets specifically named, it's because we really want you to take note of this. And so leprosy was so awful, such a horrible, feared, hated, reviled disease that it really gets a lot of attention in scripture. And people who had leprosy were generally shunned and put apart, they were untouchables. So it's unusual to have a story of a man, Naaman, who is so powerful. I guess he must have been really good at what he did because despite the fact that he had leprosy, he was still in the favor of the king. He was still a mighty warrior and a leader of armies. But he was beset by this problem. And it must have been very uh, frustrating to him. And it must have been uh, physically and emotionally painful to live with this. Now, enter this small uh, voice of a slave girl, a girl who had been taken captive in a raid, a girl who was very faithful, and reminds me of the faith of, of Our Lady. And she says, if only my Lord, meaning Naaman, uh, could see the prophet that is in Israel, he would make him well. Uh, Naaman's wife hears this, and she's, of course, she loves her husband, and she's desperate for him to, to receive this healing touch. And so she sends word to the king of Israel. The, the way it's uh, sort of cropped in the lectionary, so it, it, the story jumps forward quite a bit. So you like that that whole part about her writing to the king of Israel is, is not in there. So it makes a little more sense when you know that. And the king of Israel is enraged because he thinks Naaman is just trying to pick a fight with him. so he tears his clothes. He says, who am I? Am I God to give life and death? I'm just a man like any other. But then Elijah hears about this. Elijah, the man of God. And he tells the king to summon Naaman. And so he does. But Naaman is a proud man. And I can see a, a little bit of myself in this story. And maybe you can too that uh, Naaman is, is, uh, is given a gift, freely given a gift from God of healing. And what he has to do is go wash in the River Jordan. That's it. He doesn't have to do anything else. But it doesn't come on his terms. And that's where the rub is. And I remember uh, all throughout the ordination process feeling a lot like Naaman. Because I, I knew in my mind and in my heart what should be happening. And God was giving me gifts but not on my terms, and it bothered my pride. And, you know, looking back, I can see that. And maybe there are times in your life when God has been sort of knocking at your door, but you were reluctant to answer the call because of your own pride. But Naaman is called to uh, to the River Jordan, and all he has to do is go down there and wash. Now, uh, uh, in our Holy Land pilgrimage, we will, of course, be going to the Jordan River, no trip, to the Holy Land would be complete without that. And you will see for yourself that as Naaman complains about the Jordan River, his complaints are true. Uh, there are not these other rivers much greater and grander and more beautiful and cleaner? Uh, the River Jordan is muddy. It's full of uh, reeds and cattails. There are flies everywhere. And nowadays it's, it's sort of on one side anyway, the, the Israeli side, it's kind of overrun with, with pilgrims, it's still a place of great spiritual power, but it's not, it's, it's surprising that that's a place where God would choose to do these mighty works, where he would choose to heal Naaman, where he would choose to have his only son uh, baptized with the baptism of John. But maybe it's also metaphorical for the way that he uses surprising things and surprising places and surprising people to do great power, great powerful things in the world to show that he he works through the, the least and the last and the lost. But Naaman, in his pride, doesn't want to go into this dirty river. Why doesn't the, the man of God come out and just wave his hand over me and heal me? It's like he wants a, a magic spell to, to somehow uh, to heal him. But one of his servants, again, someone with little power and little authority, puts a bug in his ear and says, you know, Master, he's not asking you to do all that much. All you have to do is go and bathe in the river. If he had asked you to do a great feat of strength, wouldn't you have done that? Or to uh, you know, conquer an army, wouldn't you have done that? Of course you would have. Just go, just go take a bath. And so Naaman goes down to the river, to this muddy, dirty river, and immerses himself seven times and comes out of the mud and the muck, clean and whole, And praises God and says, surely there is only one God on this earth. And that is the God of Israel. And likewise, in the story of Jesus and the ten lepers. Now, the ten lepers are sort of much different from Naaman. These are true outcasts. And they, of course, have heard of Jesus and his healing works. And as he passes through this town on the way from Galilee down to to Jerusalem. Galilee is in the north and Jerusalem is a little farther south. Um, they stand at a distance. They're not proud. And I think it's worth noting that they did stand at a distance. They didn't run up to him and and try to, to touch him or grab his garments or things that other people did. But they stood back and they shouted to him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he does. He tells them to go and show themselves to the priests. And that might sound unusual, but... That was their ticket back into normal life, because if the priests went, could see that they had been healed and that they were clean, that would be their, they would vouch for them and say, these, these people have been healed, it's a miracle, however it happened, um, and I say they're cured, and so they're cured, and so they could then become essentially human again. Because when they were afflicted with leprosy, they were in the dustbin. They were in the on the streets, in the corners, begging for just a few scraps to be thrown their way, treated worse than dogs. But this made them human again. But instead of doing that, one of them turns and gives thanks, gives thanks to God because he knows that he doesn't need the the word of of, uh, of one of the priests to say that he's been well. He knows that he's well and he knows who made him well and how he got well. And so he goes to Jesus, the Son of God, and falls on his feet and thanks him and gives glory to God for the healing. And, and Jesus uh, recognizes this fact and also the fact that he's a Samaritan. You know, the Samaritans and the Jews really didn't get on too well. And so... Uh, his, his ethnicity is named. And of course, as I said, when something is named, take note of that. And so what does this all mean for us? I think that in many ways we are like, we are like the ten lepers or like Naaman. While, thank God, none of us is afflicted with leprosy, and that's really uh, pretty much a thing of the past, although in some places in the world it does still exist. Nevertheless, we all carry some kind of burden, whether we have a physical affliction, an emotional affliction, uh, stress, uh, grief, loss, all of these things weigh us down and, and bear down on our souls and want, make us want to sort of turn in on ourselves and separate ourselves from, from human life because it's just painful. It's painful to deal with these things. And so like the, the ten lepers in the village We stand at a distance. And yet, like the ten lepers, we have to remember that Jesus walks among us even now. He's with us in his spirit, and certainly he's with us in, in the sacraments. And so we can cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he hears us. And like the lepers back in whenever it was, we have access to Jesus we who are here week after week, or if you come once or twice a year, it really matters not. Of course, I wish everyone came every week. Um, but, but the point is that we come here and we have access to Jesus. We have access to him in his words spoken in Holy Scripture. We have access to him at the communion rail when we receive the bread and the wine of the Eucharist. And like Naaman, we have to be cautious because we can't we can't be demanding some magical thing to happen and all of a sudden we, the priest waves his hands and, and everything's okay in our lives and everything's healed and everything's great in the world. We live in the world that we live in, and, but we have the faith that we have and we have Christ with us. And so he walks with us and talks with us along our way and he brings his healing touch. Now, healing might take a whole different form than you have in mind or that I have in mind but he does heal us. And so we have to remember, like the lepers, not to stand in the sidelines, or like Naaman, not to to demand something that is on our schedule, not God's, but to come to him in all humility and all sincerity and with an open heart and say, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he will. And it might surprise you. The form that it takes might surprise you. It might be something you never expected or it be the total opposite of what you actually were thinking of. But in the end, if our hearts and minds are open, God's will for us will be done. And so let us give thanks for the healing love of Jesus Christ. And let us give thanks for being his disciples. And we too have that. While we, we might not have the power to heal leprosy or cure diseases, we can still be a healing, reconciling presence in this world reaching out to our brothers and sisters with open arms and open hearts and open minds and welcoming them into the love of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.